Welcome to Confessions of an Obese Child. This is a podcast that deals with early childhood trauma, disordered eating, binge eating, and more. We discuss self-loathing, triggering to binge eating, and then many post-weight loss topics like survivor's guilt, the body positive movement, and more. And we interview formerly overweight children as well. So please join us for another episode of Confessions of an Obese Child. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of Confessions of an Obese Child. This episode is going to be concurrent with The Awakened Man. For you guys who listen to the primary feed of The Awakened Man, Confessions of an Obese Child is more of the personal feed where I talk about what it was like growing up overweight. And the first 20 episodes or so are like little vignettes about my life, like what it was like to be in the gym class and the locker room and the swimming pool, just really embarrassing things that happened to me. I have some episodes about dealings with my father and with my brother. And then later after I lost my weight, how I dealt with my disordered eating, how it affected my relationships uh, with my ex-wife or with girlfriends. And then later we interviewed formerly overweight people. The ep- the, the, the feed's more about addiction and childhood trauma. How do you overcome childhood trauma so it doesn't screw up your life? And I would say that my childhood trauma screwed up my life. Now, that's not to say it's a victim mentality. It's just a statement. It's a declaration statement. It's a declaratory statement. But it did. It did. So what can you do? Well, you you can't control the cards that are dealt to you. You just have to do the best that you can. And so th- that feed, this feed, is more about uh, kind of a, a cathartic processing of stuff. And that's why if any of you had childhood trauma or you have addictions that are, or you think stem from childhood trauma, that's why a feed like this is important. So today we're going to talk about how do you deal with your ex? How do you deal with your ex? Now, some of you were divorced and maybe some of you had an acrimonious divorce, either because she cheated on you or you cheated on her or you guys just fell out of love or there was money stolen or you know, abuse, you know, who knows, you know, every marriage is different, but there are certain kind of traits or tropes that are running through it. And how do you reconcile spending years with a woman and having children maybe with this woman and having good moments, fun moments? You love this woman at one point to the point where you guys don't talk, possibly hate each other possibly this parental alienation. You know, how do you reconcile these two things? Now, as a whole, women, because of Warbright syndrome, because of solipsism, because of hypergamy, because of compartmentalization of their feelings, don't really think about these kind of things. It's like when a woman falls out of love with you or you've spurned her in whatever way she thinks she spurned her, that's it. She's washed her hands of you like Pontius Pilate. She doesn't think about you. She doesn't reminisce about the past. She doesn't think, oh, this was the father of my children. I wouldn't have these children if it wasn't for him. They don't think like that. And and they also, I think women in general, and not to say that men don't do this, but women in general, I think, have an easier time just because of the solipsism, which kind of blocks their their logic. They have no problems hating their exes, even though on paper the exes should hate them because the the woman initiates divorce 70 to 90% of the time, 90% when they're college educated. And take the kids, take the money, they get the monthly extortion of child support and all these things that you would expect the man to be stewing in hate. But the women are still mad at you for whatever way you disappointed her. And look, lots of times women initiate divorce. Ultimately, it goes down to the man not maintaining frame 
and becoming kind of a beta and the woman losing respect for him. So if you're married, you have to maintain frame and pass shit tests all the time and it's exhausting. And of course, making as much money as you can because of hypergamy, the, the inherent kind of wiring of women for hypergamy. But either way, how do you reconcile with this? This is the way I reconcile it with me and my ex-wife. I came into our relationship in college, that's when we started dating, and I had childhood baggage, right? And on one level, one of the reasons I think men should go MGTOW and not marry is because if you, and I always say this to women too, MGTOW, but we know women are not wired to, to be single their whole life. They have to have at least some sort of boyfriend or you know some 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 validating source of narc to to validate them to tell them how great they are it's harder for women to be alone than men but i would tell women and men look if you have baggage if you have addictions if you have things that are gonna not be good in a relationship don't get in a relationship it's extremely selfish yeah but i'm lonely gregory i want somebody to love me i get that i understand that but you kind of have to step away from that because if, let's say you're a raging alcoholic or you're a beater of, of women or whatever it is, you're only thinking about yourself by getting in a relationship with a woman. Well, you know those problems are going to end up hurting it, if not destroying it. So I look back and think certainly my childhood trauma and my eating disorders uh, affected our relationships. And I talk, I think I talk about in the episode, Food is My Mistress. I think that's the episode, episode 30 or so. And, you know, I mean, it, not to say that she didn't have childhood trauma. Everybody's got it to one level or another. And that affected our marriage. But how do you go from being married to somebody for 19 years to the point where uh, you barely talk? And And I think a lot of it is there's one of two ways you can you can pursue it. One is to fixate on the victim mentality, the hatred. She did this, or if you women are listening, he did this, she did this, she did that, she did this, da-da-da, da-da-da. I hate her because of this. I never see my kids because of this. I have to pay child support on a decision that she made, right? Because we know child support is essentially a, a, a reward for breaking up the family. It really is. And if we had a law that said whoever initiates divorce, unless it can demonstrate actual evidence of physical abuse, whoever initiates divorce doesn't get money, child support, the children at all, you would see <laughs> marriages staying pretty intact. But you can focus on, on I hate her, I hate her, all the things, but ultimately hate's a useless emotion. What's the point of it? What's the point of it? And also, I mean, you, you you look, and, and, and I look at this with my ex-wife, and certainly you could do it with your ex-wife too. It's like, how do you spend years with this woman? And you you remember the good years, right? How do you spend years with this woman, this woman who bore you children? You were there for the children to be born. You know, she, she nursed them, like all these things. And then you see that relationship just utterly implode. Now, it's sad. It's a sad thing. And the way I perceive it is this. I don't agree with a lot of the things my ex-wife does vis-a-vis the children. And I will express these things to her, but ultimately hating her and wishing her harm or putting a, you know, a curse on her or some nonsense like that is ridiculous. What's the point of that? 
Try to focus on the good times and try to use the good times. You can tell this to her. The good times to help you guys co-parent. Remember, we used to be in love. You know, we were together 15 years, 10 years, whatever length you were with your ex. Let's focus on that because underneath the quote, the hatred and the resentment and the disappointment, there was once love. And I think that's a better approach to have is focus on the positives. You know, like Sarah Barella says in the song, if I can't have you, like some people are seasons, you know, his turn, her turn, your turn, whatever it is. You guys had a season. It could have been a year. It could have been 10 years. It could have been 30 years. But for whatever reason, it's over. So take the positives that came out of that time and don't focus on the negatives. Take the positives and use the positives to build towards some level of amicable co-parenting. Forgive your ex. Because what is the other option? Stewing and hatred? How is that helping you? How is that helping your mental health? It's not. It might give you some righteous indignation, but ultimately it just destroys and consumes you. So like Christ says, forgive others as I have forgiven you. Look at the Lord's Prayer. There's tons of examples in the New Testament that you must forgive 70 times 70. Forgive your ex. Even tell your ex. Tell her, I will always love you on one level. You gave me my children, and because of my love for you, I will always treat you with a certain level of respect because you are the mother of my children. And parental alienation is bad for the kids. Now, she might she might not hear it. She doesn't want to hear these things. But at least your conscience is clear. And at least you are doing the best that you can to have an amicable relationship with your ex. You can't control other people's emotions or actions. You can only control your own. And the best thing to do is purge yourself of this of the hatred. Purge yourself of the victim mentality and try to have a positive glasses full look at your ex. And try to focus on the good years, the things that she gave you, and understand that relationships end. And that God has a plan. God has a plan for all of us. And many times we don't understand that plan. And we just have to have faith and align our will to what we perceive to be God's will and just let go and let God. Like when Mary, when Angel Gabriel came to her, she said, I, you want me to be pregnant and I'm not really married, I'm betrothed? I'm the servant of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy word. Look at Christ in the garden. He's crying blood. He's scared. He's half human. He knows what's going to happen. He says, I don't want this to happen, but if it's thy will, I will do it. See, this is what we call obedience. A foregone term that is antiquated now. We can't use that word anymore. But it's obedience. Obedience to God's will. And God doesn't want you stewing in hatred. You must forgive your ex and try to find common ground. Guys, if you appreciate my content, please post an honest review. If you have an Apple product, it'll only take you two seconds. There's two links in the episode notes. One's for PayPal. If you want to donate a couple of dollars to help defray the cost of hosting this on a server because it does cost money to do so. The other link is for naturopathicearth.com, my website. There's tons of articles, tons of recipes, tons of blog stuff. All the episodes are over there. You can check it out. We would appreciate it. And as always, please subscribe and post an honest review. It helps with the algorithm so we can get this message out to more people. Until next time, take care. God bless. Bye-bye.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Confessions of an Obese Child. If you'd like to reach us, find us at our Facebook page, Naturopathic Earth Radio and Holistic Health News. Until next time, take care.